This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Exodus chapter four and we're at the end of the chapter. And uh, we've got several verses. We've got a lot to unpack today. We've got several verses that have, have a lot to, to give us as far as understanding God and how he works when we serve him, when we minister in his kingdom, when we're at work doing what he's called us to do. And one of the things that is important is that you, when you read one of these passages, it doesn't seem like it's, it's not near as good as yesterday. When you said, when Moses's wife Zipporah says, you're a husband of blood to me, that that's some excitement, but this is not as exciting, but it can be as, as, as insightful as yesterday and maybe even more. And in verse 27, and the Lord said to Aaron, notice the Lord's just not speaking to Moses. He's speaking to other people. And oftentimes, oftentimes we think he's, we're the only one in this situation. Now, when you're called to do ministry, when you're called to serve God, and I'm talking about everybody, I'm not just talking about those out there that are called to be pastors, because we're all called to serve God. And service to God is ministry. Serving our Lord is ministry. And we're all ministers. We're all called to serve God. In fact, oftentimes we use the word minister to refer to clergy or the pastorate or elders in the church. That's not a correct word to use for them. We're not ministers, although we are ministers because every one of us are ministers. Uh, we're the leadership, the pastor of the pastors of the church. Everyone is a minister. Everyone serves God and everyone, everyone's service is, well, is important. It's important for you. It's important for the kingdom and it's important for others. It's important for you. It's important for the kingdom and it's important for others. And when you neglect your ministry, when you neglect your service, it hurts you. It, it limits the kingdom's work around you and it hurts others. And there's no way to get around that. And I don't want you to, I don't want you to miss that, that understanding. It hurts others when you're not doing your ministry. And when you think you're the only one who is serving, when you think you're the only one who's doing what God told you to do, you you fool yourself. You lead yourself astray because God's doing work all around you and he's speaking to others. And even though your call to ministry is an individual call, and even though your decision to follow and walk with God is an individual decision, and even though the gate that we go through is narrow, in fact, it's only one wide, it's Jesus himself, and we go through that gate individually with him. When we get to the other side serving him, we rarely do we lone ranger serve God. Rarely do we do that, okay? Sure, the call's individual, the answer's individual, and the way's individual. 
But once we get into kingdom work, rarely is that individual. It's almost always uh, with someone else. And most of the time with a lot of other else's. Okay. And you go, Chad, that's not grammatically correct. I know, but that was for emphasis. We have a lot of other else's out there who are hearing God and serving around us. And you need to realize that you're not alone in ministry. You're never going to really ever be alone because God's with you, but you're never really truly most of the time alone doing ministry, even when it's just you and God. And you think that usually there's someone else. And notice he goes, the Lord said to Aaron, go into the wilderness to meet Moses. So he went and met him on the mountain of God and kissed him. Notice there are others not only out there wanting to do ministry, there's not only others out there who are willing to go on the mountain. Notice he went on to the mountain. Most of the children of Israel did not end up on the mountain. They were unwilling to go. But Aaron's not unwilling to go. Aaron's willing to go up on that mountain. Aaron's willing to meet with God. Aaron's willing to walk with God. And Aaron is a great servant along with Moses. They're going to have some differences. We're going to see a major difference I talked about earlier about Moses and him marrying a Cushite wife. We're going to see those major differences. But that being said, they're going to serve together and they're going to be a dynamic duo in the kingdom of God. And he goes up on that mountain and notice he has a great love for God, but he also, and we know that because he wouldn't have done what God had told him to do if he doesn't have a love for God. Remember, our service is born out of obedience, which comes from our faith, but it also comes from our love for God. We serve God because we love God and God loves us. And so understanding that he had a great love for God and he had a great love for God's purposes and he had a great love for his brother. And so Aaron makes the perfect, the perfect partner for ministry for Moses. And why shouldn't we expect that God's going to give us those things? We should always expect that God's going to give us partners for ministry. A lot of times that partner for ministry is our spouse. A lot of times that partners for ministry, as far as my ministry, is Terry today. He's my co-pastor. There, there are partners for ministry everywhere, and you just need to start serving, and you're going to end up finding lots of partners for ministry. And I've had many of them over the years. And it's important to see that those partners make a big difference in your life. And they're important. They're sent by God. And uh, wow, what would we do without them? I don't know. I have no idea myself what I would have done without those who came along and served me. I felt the lone prophet out there, there's no one but me. And I'm sure you feel that way oftentimes when you're dealing with your family, when you're dealing at work, when you're trying to find God's purposes in situations. I know you felt that way, but you're not the only one. It's not just you. Stop acting that way. Look for God and look for God's people. Don't walk around with your lip poked out and your head down. You won't see the work of God at hand around you, and you're liable to walk right past the best partner you ever had for ministry. And expect that God's going to send Aaron. Expect that he'll meet you on the mountain. Expect he might even give you a kiss on the cheek. And listen, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of a kiss on the cheek, is there? I don't think so. So Moses told Aaron all the words that the Lord had sent him and all the signs which he had commanded him. Notice there's open exchange. There's telling others what God is telling you oftentimes leads to great partnerships. And I can't overemphasize that either. If God's leading you towards something, if God's leading you in a certain direction, 
you need to be telling folks because that's how you find your partners. That's how you find your ministry partners. That's how you find the people that God has called to walk alongside you and to help you serve him. And when Aaron shows up, Moses says everything that's happened. Wow. It is, it is good to talk and it is good to discuss what the Lord is doing. It says, then Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the children of Israel. They went and gathered all together, all the elders, the children of Israel. No, they're about the ministry now. They're, they've went back to Egypt. They're pulling in the people that they're going to lead. Notice, are they always going to be following Aaron and Moses? No, we're going to f- see in the very near future that they're going to get a little bit upset with them. And, and listen, ministry is not easy, but you need to be about doing your ministry. I'm going to say it again. It's going to be a theme of the rest of the book of Exodus. You need to be finding your ministry. It says that Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the children of Israel. Verse 30, and Aaron spoke all the words which the Lord had spoken to Moses. Notice they're acting as a team now. Who's speaking? Aaron is. Moses said, I don't talk too good. And God said, Aaron does. And he sent him. And now Aaron's doing what? He's doing what God gifted him to do. He's doing what God called him to do. And Aaron spoke the words that God had spoken to Moses. Then he did the signs in the sight of the people. Notice Aaron speaks the words and then God does the signs. Those signs are obvious to the people. And let me tell you this, you can look around in signs of God at work in people's lives. And when you see God at work in someone's life, You need to recognize that and realize that maybe there's someone you're to partner with in ministry. And uh, when that happens, praise God that he gives us those people. Praise God that he gives us those opportunities. Praise God that he opens those doors for us. And Aaron spoke to all the words of the Lord spoken to Moses. And then he did the signs inside of the people. Notice, so the people believed. That's faith. The people believed we're going to really be hard on the people, on the children of Israel later on, because they're an unruly lot. There's no doubt about it. They're a difficult group of people to lead. I praise God that I am in a time and a season in my life where I'm not leading a group of people that's hard to lead. I'm leading a group of people who are willing to serve. That's not always going to be the case in your ministry and in your life. That's not, there are going to be years and times when that's not the case. That being said, uh, let me say this, when that season comes and that time comes and our opportunity comes where you're with a group of people who want to serve God, serve him and serve him well, the door is open. And when God's people believe and God's people are acting, mighty and big things happen in the kingdom. When God's people believe God for big things, God works big things in their lives. And there's a wonderful, there's a wonderful synergy that it, that develops in God's people with God's people that can't develop on your own. Okay, it's just not going to happen. Where two or more gathered, there I am also. Is God saying that if you're by yourself, I'm out? No, that's not what He's saying. What He's saying is when you two or more gathered and you come together in faith. There's a synergy that develops, and I'm there in in a much more powerful, much much more opportune way. You say, God can do anything. Sure he can, but God is at work developing your faith. He's wanting you to trust him, and his primary work is to build new faith in others and to build faith in you that is life-changing faith. 
And if he's going to do that, he's got to he's got to put you in positions where you learn to walk by faith and not by sight. And that doesn't mean that you walk by things that are you don't understand. You just out there following some myth. We have clear evidence of who God is and what he's done. There's good evidence for it. And a lot of the people in the world will tell you, you just blindly following what somebody told you. No, we're, we have a lot of good evidence. In fact, we have really evident, good evidence that really can't be questioned or it can't be dispelled really easily. And we're following God based off of God's revelation to us. When we were studying Nebuchadnezzar last night, Nebuchadnezzar worshiped God based off of what God had revealed to him. We serve God based off of what he's revealed to us. He's given us really good evidence of who he is, but we trust him because of that evidence for things that we can't see, that we don't know are going to come down the road, that we don't understand might happen in, in a little bit. And the people believed based off of what they saw, the evidence that God had given them. Now, the true test of faith is to walk in that faith that God has given us based off of his revelation and expect him to be that continuing forward. And when a group of people come together and expect God to be that continuing forward, there's a synergy that develops. And that synergy and that energy of faith moves things and it changes things. And the world is different because of you. And it's important that you understand that and see that. When that evidence of God is received and faith is built, and then God's people move forward in expectation of further movements of God, things that they can't see, but they have evidence of because of God's work in the past, when they move forward in those things, power, power is unleashed and God is glorified. And we need to be about that business. It says the people believed. And when they heard the Lord, that the Lord had visited the children of Israel and that he had looked on their afflictions, then they bowed their heads and worshiped. They, they said, God's heard us. God's at work. And I love to see God's people at worship. I love to see God's people seeking him out. I love to see the men that God has called doing what God has called them to do. You say, what about the women? I found that women are much more likely to walk in the power of their faith than men are. Men, men, for all our puffery, for all our strutting around, men are more fearful than women. And that is, seems so strange to say, but we are. We're more fearful, and fear is the cancer to our faith. It corrodes and destroys our faith. Men, it is good. I love to see women at the altar, <clears throat> but I'm going to tell you, a church that has no men at the altar has no hope for the future because the men of God, when they're at the altar, they give, they, they show us that God's moving. God, God's always going to be moving among his women. But, but when God starts really moving among his men and there are men who are going and seeking and finding God's will for their life at the altar, when they're worshiping and believing, then you have the whole kingdom at work. And really, there's nothing that can't be done. And I praise God that's where I find myself today in ministry. And I'm glad that I'm around a lot of people that understand that even though they may not have the title of pastor or something like that, they have ministry and they are all ministers of the gospel. I praise God for that. And I want to expect God for the big things that God is and is going to do for us. And as you go and prepare for the weekend, I'm excited about 
obviously a summer weekend, but I'm excited about what God's going to be doing with us. And if you're not in our congregation, but you're somewhere else, be excited about what God's doing there and find your partners for ministry and partner with them to see the kingdom advanced. And if you'll do that, God will bless you and he'll open up doors that you can't imagine because he's that kind of God. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.